Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Hello, Pistons fans, and welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia here with you again this week. No Mike Angolano. We're waiting for him, folks. He's holding out on us. It's free agency. He wants a new contract. He's demanding a new contract. We're hoping to have his contract figured out by next week. But for now, it's just me and Jasper. And so, Jasper, how are we doing? I'm, I'm good. It's too bad. Unfortunately, Mike demanded that he be given a share of your gambling profits he didn't realize that that actually put him on the line for several hundred dollars worth of losses. <laughs> so, yeah, he does need to have that deal restructured. Uh, needs to fire his agent, honestly. That was a that was a terrible, terrible move for him. But hopefully we'll get it all figured out. He is moving into his new digs, apparently. And uh, he has no food. So maybe we can get him back on here with the palm promise of like a pop tart or something that might be able to do it. Okay. Okay. Interesting question because this has become like a reoccurring question in, in my mm. life recently. What's your favorite pop tart? Oh, uh, my favorite pop tart is a toaster strudel. That's what I have to say to that. I don't, I don't care for pop tarts to be honest. What? It's too dry, man. Oh no. Way too dry. Also, I ate a bunch of the s'mores ones back when I was in high school and you ever eat too much of something and like for like a short amount of time. And then three years later, you're just like, Oh, I never want to eat that thing ever again in my life. That's kind of happened with, with me and pop tarts. What about you though? You strike me as like a, a classic strawberry kind of man. All right. So for the longest time, the only pop tarts I ever ate were the frosted chocolate chip. Oh yeah. I Solid. remember those. Solid. Yeah. Great breakfast food. I tried <laughs> frosted strawberry and oh. changed my life. Changed my yeah. life. Um, very, very good. Uh, but I was really hoping we could have like a little Pop-Tart debate to start off the show. You totally killed it by saying you eat toaster strudels, but you won't eat Pop-Tarts. So I like, the, I like the icing packets, man. It's all about the icing oh, packets. That's God. all I'm there for anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess we'll take a second here to, to talk about our sponsor of this week's show, Bet Online. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today and use your mobile device. Joining, you'll receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Can't stress enough. That's a very, very generous uh, first time bonus. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, Head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports sportsbook experts, and the featured odds of the week. We got the 2021-2022 NBA Championship, 
Lakers, the favorites at three to one. Brooklyn Nets, 13 4. Golden State Warriors and Milwaukee Bucks, nine to one odds. And then the Suns at 14 to one. Clippers at 16 to one. Rookie of the year, Detroit Pistons' very own Cade Cunningham, three. Oh, he is the favorite. Love Cade hearing that. Four to one. Evan Mobley at six to one behind him. Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, James Booknight, and Josh Giddy round out those odds. So, you guys, betonline.ag, 50% off on your first or 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to check them out. And thank you to them so much for sponsoring this week's show, one of our loyal supporters. So, that being said, let's move on into the meat and potatoes of this show. And we're not going to do really like a Pistons news update of the week because all of that news is like news we need to talk about. So let's Mm. get right into it. Free agency kicked off on Monday. The Pistons wasted no time spending a bunch of money on a big man. They wouldn't have it any other way. That's Troy Weaver's signature. And they started off free agency shocking us with a three-year $37 million deal to Kelly Olenek. He was coming from the Houston Rockets as an unrestricted free agent, but plays the backup four, backup five, a marksman from beyond the arc. Jasper, a lot of people concerned about the money. It's a two plus one deal. So two first two years guaranteed. The third year is a team option. Your thoughts on that signing by Troy Weaver. Yeah, I've said it on Twitter. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of this signing when it was first announced. I'm a little bit more in favor of it after I saw that that third year is a team option instead of a player option. This was um, this is an interesting signing because both of us, I believe, on the podcast on Sunday stated that Kelly Olenek was not really a guy we wanted because we thought that the money was going to be somewhere around this range, and we wanted somebody more like Nerlens Noel, who we thought could be had for a little cheaper. Nerlens Noel ended up re-signing with the New York Knicks, on a fairly similar contract, actually, I believe he's making, uh, it's like three years, 32 million. So not that far off from Kelly Olenek, but this is definitely one of those signature Troy Weaver free agency signings where you look at it at first and you go, Hmm, on some level, this makes sense. On some level, this doesn't make sense on a superficial team fit level. You get it. Look, Kelly Olenek's going to be the backup center most likely. He's probably not going to be starting in terms of a guy who shot uh, like 40%, I believe, last year with the Houston Rockets from three, a career 37% shooter from deep. That makes a lot of sense with somebody like Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes on the roster, two guys who can drive and kick out. Definitely makes sense on that level. But on another level... You did just trade Mason Plumlee, whose contract is expiring at the end of this year. Uh, He he has a a team option going into next season. You traded him for to move 20 spots down in the second round, hopefully to free up some money for free agency, which you then went and spent on another backup center, who's now going to cost you $5 million more per year for at least the next two years. And as we've mentioned on the podcast, does not have a track record of success in the playoffs when it comes to defense. He's somebody that opposing teams will pick on in pick and roll, especially because of his slow foot speed. 
same age as Plumlee, so you didn't necessarily get younger. So really what you've done is you've moved down 20 spots in the draft to spend $5 million more per year on another backup center who might actually be less playable in the games that matter than Mason Plumlee was. All that is to say, Troy Weaver has proven us wrong before in the past with like the Jeremy Grant signing and even the Mason Plumlee signing to a certain extent. So yeah, it's, it's a strange signing. I'm, I'm interested to, to hear what you think on this, Aaron, because I really have some mixed feelings here. We're, we're pretty much on the same page. He had a nice 27-game stretch with Houston to end the season end last year, 19 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, over four assists, actually, shot over 54% from the field, 39% from the three-point line. So he had an incredible stretch, but there's just – one, there's no way that lasts over a whole season. And, and two, that was in a huge role. I mean, he was one of the best players on the Rockets by the end of the year with all the guys that they had hurt between John Wall and Christian Wood. And that was just a miserable team in itself, tanking towards the bottom. Um, but he's just – you're not getting that same sort of production in Detroit. And I just felt that that was so much money for a guy that – He's a different player than Mason Plumley, but I don't know if he's better than him. And like you mentioned, I, I think you could have gotten away with playing Mason Plumley in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a little bit harder with Kelly Olynyk. And yeah, I guess that's assuming a Detroit gets to the playoffs, but that's got to be your goal at this point when you're building a team and you have a young franchise guy in Cade Cunningham. Like if that's anything we've learned over the last half decade or so it doesn't matter that these guys are young when they come into the league like the clock is immediately ticking on you to to start putting something together because you can't afford to annoy them and bother them two years into their career they're going to be asking for a trade um but this just too much money i I, thankfully that third year is a team option and Mm -hmm. You can see that that's certainly what Troy Weaver is looking for. He's looking to line up all his money to open up in the next couple of years. Though These deals that he's signed this offseason align with the Jeremy Grant money. So you can certainly see what he's trying to do, the blueprint, the path. He wants to have a lot of cap space in two offseasons. When Jeremy Grant comes off the book, Blake Griffin will be off the book there should be some some palatable money to work with in a couple off seasons. But even so, just in a vacuum, I would have rather kept Mason Plumlee and, and, and saved $5 million and saved 20 spots in the draft rather than spend $5 million more dollars, move 20 spots back in the draft for a player that I really don't think is a whole lot better than Plumlee. I will say the Pistons did need some shooting in the front court. Olenek definitely does provide that he will be a floor spacer and he's going to help them win games in the regular season. I'm just concerned that in the playoffs, he's going to be too much of a defensive liability that it's going to be unjustifiable to play him. Yeah. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to crap all over this signing. It's not a bad signing. There's just certain aspects of it that you have to question and it's a little risky, especially considering next year. Yes. We've talked about in two years, you have a lot of money coming off the books 
with Jeremy Grant. However, you're in position right now next year to where you could sign a player to a max contract in a loaded free agency class that's going to have wing players, shooting guards, that really you can see on paper can fit this team. So, you know, there's, there's a question right there. Has Troy Weaver now kind of hamstrung himself going into next year's free agency to where he might have to do the same thing he did with Mason Plumlee, where he has to offload contracts for negative assets when that wasn't maybe necessary. And when you look at the, the money that's being thrown around there, yes, you know, he's getting only a little bit more than Nerland's Noel, but he's only getting, I believe, a million and a half less per year than Rashawn Holmes, who I believe is a pretty superior option, especially in the pick and roll. So yeah, on a superficial level, it makes sense. Like you hit on Aaron, like he's going to help them win regular season games this year and probably even next year. But from a long-term perspective, is this necessarily the signing I would have made? Is this the signing I like? No, not really. Because there's, I can already see the issues that can arise from it. If he was... So, like, what what would you have been comfortable paying him? Like, I would have felt a lot better if it was just under $10 million. Like, if it was $9 million, I'd probably feel a lot better. Like, 13 just seems like such a steep number for a backup big man in today's game. The thing is, he has been making over $10 million, I believe he was making, what, $11.5 million per year over the last few seasons. So with a cap going up, it was unlikely that he was going to be taking a big pay cut, especially considering that he was one of Houston's best players and, and really played quite well for them, I, I have to say. But, like, he struggled with Miami earlier this year, and he struggled last year at times as well. So for me, yeah, I would have – I would have been comfortable, I think, paying him $10 million a year, something like that. Um, you know, it's not like 13 and a half is a huge, huge step up, but it is something. And Troy Weaver and the Pistons have not yet re-signed all of their restricted free agents. So when you're giving Olenek this money, yes, in a vacuum, maybe it's not a big deal, but we don't know how much Hamadou Diallo is going to get. Now, we... Now, to change the subject a little bit, we did discuss Hamadou Diallo last, se- last week and how much we would be willing to, to give him for that contract. You know, we settled, I think, in that like $12 million range. Based on the fact that there has not been an offer sheet from another team, another contract put towards Hamadou Diallo, it is looking like he's going to be able to be resigned for less than that, maybe significantly less than that. And so you go, well, you know, we planned on 12 million, 12 million for Hamadou. We're bringing him back for $8 million. You look at that and you make up the difference with the Olenek contract. And actually, we're a million dollars under where we wanted to be. I think you can look at it from that perspective. But overall, for me, it's a slight overpay. Like I said, I think I'd $10 million, like you said, would not be too bad. But yeah, for me, a backup center... I would just have rather kept Plumley for eight. I really would have. I understand why, but yeah, overall, mm, eh, I'm just not crazy about the signing. That's really all I have to say on it. Well, Troy Weaver kept it going big in the early stages of free agency. He went next with 
of San Antonio Spur, Trey Lyles, a two-year, $5 million deal. Uh, I'll speak first on this one. I just thought this was a, a horrific signing. Yeah. I, I get it's only $5 million, but you waived Tyler Cook. Say Boy is 20 years old and he's still on the roster, so you'd have to think he deserves some sort of shot just to sign a guy that has not even the Spurs could – could get Trey Lyles to be good. <laughs> Not even the Spurs. Like this yeah. is his fourth team. It's going to be a seventh year in the league. Like he spent two years with each team and that's all he's lasted. I, I, I don't get this at all. Like he's a stretch four that shot is a career 34% three point shooter. I just don't get the signing. I'm not a fan of it whatsoever. I would have rather kept Tyler cook. Um, I, I just I just don't get this one whatsoever. Like, I'm prepared to be wrong about Kelly Olynyk. I'm very confident that I will be right about Trey Lyles. Mm, well said, well said, and I agree with what you're saying here. You know, I have um I kind of a personal policy not to ever fully give up on players who have been productive and under 25 years of age. Unfortunately for Trey Lyles, he's neither of those things. He's not really ever been consistent or productive in anywhere that he's been at, even when he's been given a chance. And he's now 26 years old. So, you know, I think some people are going to look at this like a eh, low risk, high reward. I honestly look at it as low, low risk, low reward. And I am with you, Aaron. I, I don't really see the upside here. I think there were more interesting players already on the Pistons roster signed to contracts that I would have rather kept than Trey Lyles. But on the other hand, this is kind of a signing right out of the Troy Weaver playbook. Six foot nine, stretch four, really long. That's the kind of player that Troy Weaver loves. So I'm not shocked that he made that signing. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I would have rather had Tyler Cook back next year. Or, or even, I know they don't even play co- somewhat similar positions, but I would have almost rather kept Servetus on the team because then you don't have to, you know, have that dead money from his contract for the next two years. So I'm with you on that. I, I really, that's about it. That, that was a silly signing to me. Uh, now, Aaron, the, the next signing that was made by the Pistons was one of their own guys. They they had actually cut earlier in the week. Corey Joseph comes back to the Pistons on a three-year deal, paying him $5 million per year as well. Uh, same thing as Kelly Olenek. There is that third-year uh, get-out-of-jail-free card for Troy Weaver. How did you feel uh, about this one? Because this, this – I'm sorry? Wasn't this a two-year 10? I thought this was a three-year, but you know what? I could totally be wrong. You know what? I think you're right. I think it was a two-year 10. I would um, say it problem. was. But either way, um, yeah, really, this one came out of left field. I, I was not expecting this. And I know, like, I'm saying that after, like, it was reported, uh, like, yeah, the Pistons waved them, but they're expected to come come to terms on uh, a deal, like, before that, I was I just was not expecting there to really be this opportunity for Joseph to return. I really did not enjoy watching Corey Joseph last year. 
that was very much in a standpoint of I wanted to watch Killian Hayes play point guard, not watch 29-year-old Corey Joseph will the Pistons to wins when they needed to lose and play the mm-hmm. young young guys. So by all means, he had a very productive stint with the Pistons, and he's going to help them as, as a backup guard, but kind of in the same light, now just a different player. I was very much ready to, to hand the backcourt key, the backup backcourt keys to Saban Lee and that's just not going to be the case here Corey Joseph is going to get minutes obviously he's proven he's worth that so like he's gonna help them he's a fine player he's a prototypical backup can do a little bit of everything isn't great at anything in particular but I just would have rather seen what Saban Lee could have done out of the gates. And the signing of Corey Joseph eliminates that really being possible. Yeah. I'm, this isn't a sexy signing by any means. And I don't think that most Pistons fans really wanted Corey Joseph back for a lot of the reasons you outlined there. He will probably help them win some games. That being said, he also played like inarguably the best basketball of his career with Detroit last season. And I do wonder if Troy Weaver kind of paid for the top, you know, he, he spent a little bit of money. It's not a lot of money, but he spent a little bit of money on a guy who's never going to give you the production that he gave you last year, probably ever again. And considering that you did just re-sign Saban Lee, to a, to a full-time contract for three years. It doesn't really fully make sense to me. Now you almost have like a logjam at that backup point guard position, especially since Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham are probably going to stagger minutes a little bit in terms of being the primary ball handler. I'd be surprised if they were on the floor at all times together. So, hmm. I'm not crazy about it, especially since you also have two and a half million dollars of his dead money on the books. So you're not really just paying Corey Joseph five million dollars a year. You're really now you have seven and a half million dollars a year in Corey Joseph. And that for me is way more than I want to pay for a guy that ideally is going to be my third point guard. Right. Like or really ideally is going to be your fourth point guard in a way. So not a sexy signing, much like the Olenek one. I understand it on a superficial level. I just really can see how this in half a season is going to be looked at as kind of like a waste of money. And I can really see a future in where that happens pretty easily. Yeah, it's just very similar to the Olenek signing as to where it's not the sexiest. It's not maybe what you wanted, but it is going to help them win basketball games which certainly by all sense of the imagination it seems that they're going to be pretty serious about trying to do that this year um i yeah i mean we're, we're really on the same page on on, on yeah. those three three deals and then obviously the last one Saban lee as of now the last deal that we have on the from the pistons front is Saban lee back on a three-year deal don't have to get too in depth on that one but we'll see him in summer league so uh, we'll see what type of progression he's made throughout the offseason. We know 
uh, he's been around Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, uh, as those guys have all been pretty much have spent the entire off season in Detroit with, with one another. So, you know, I have to say I, that Corey Joseph contract, if it was just for one year, it would be so much more palatable because now next year you're going into free agency and you just have this $5 million from Corey Joseph sitting on your books when you probably aren't going to need him. Ah, I just really hate that because it feels like we're going to get another thing like Plumlee where you're going to have to attach a second round pick to him and probably move down in the second round again. And I just, I hate having negative assets on my team. Maybe they're able to trade him at the deadline this year, who knows, and we don't have to worry about it, but just like on a peripheral level, uh, just the money and the, in the years just don't work for me. They just don't work for me. Um, and also, like you said, with the Saban Lee deal, I, I would like to know how much he's getting paid. I can't imagine it's much more than the minimum, but we still have not actually gotten the financial um, report out of that Saban Lee deal. So I would like to see that. Um, but I'm more excited to see how he plays like you said, in summer league with the rest of these Pistons young players. Yeah, so let's move into that. That's our other main topic for today's show is is summer league. That's starting up on Sunday for the Pistons, and their official roster was finally announced. They had to be the last team in the league <laughs> to announce their summer league roster. Granted, we knew a good chunk of it, but now we finally got the full team, and Headlined by, obviously, Kate Cunningham, the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft. The Pistons' draft picks from last year will also be there. Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and Saban Lee. Sekou Demboya, now going into his third season, is also going to play. Not the most common thing you see out of a first-round draft pick to be playing summer league in his third year, but he is going to be down there. And then... The Pistons' second-year picks are all there as well from this year. So, Luca Garza, Isaiah Livers, and Balsa Koprovitsia. And then, Davidis Servitas and Tyler Cook, who are both mm. waived by the Pistons on Saturday, are also with the Pistons' summer league roster. So, Detroit, I think, even if they do re-sign diallo and frank jackson i want to say they'd still have one roster spot left i think they do so i believe the actual the roster spot they do have open right now is for copravica who is not on the summer league roster as of this moment since the mason Plumley trade along with the 37th pick uh for number 57 which was used on copravica has not gone through yet technically uh so technically there but he's he is going to be there the pistons did say yes once the trade goes through so and um i also believe in and this is just kind of like cleaning things up but um isaiah livers will not be playing yeah. neither will rookie chris smith out of ucla yeah. um nor will unfortunately mr ankle injury needed for treatment isaiah stewart so you know, that's kind of a shame that you won't be able to see livers on the floor. I, I was looking forward to that, but it'll be nice to see what Luca Garza can do, you know, when he's actually on a playing with pros, because we said this last week after the draft, 
there's a lot of question marks with that pick. It'll also be awesome to just see Cade Cunningham out there with Sadiq Bey, Seiko Dumboya, Saban Lee, guys who will be on the team this year and will probably get some, some decent playing time for them as well. Um, but yeah, I'm interested. How do you feel about Seku Dumboya being on this summer league roster as a third year player? You know, I know there wasn't a summer league last year, so he technically, this is only his second summer league, but is it in your eyes, a disappointment that he's on this roster or is it more of a case of, it's just another opportunity for him to, to show his growth coming into the 2021 season. It's definitely disappointing in my opinion, uh, going into year three, like no one said he needed to be a world beater, but for him to need to go to summer league, like genuinely he needed to be at summer league is a little disappointing considering the status that he carried when he was drafted. Um, but on the flip side, to be fair, this is also a guy that didn't get the summer league last year, didn't get the G league last year. So, and his rookie season was ended short last year was obviously 10 games shorter. So he has gotten the short end of the stick in that regard, but he still absolutely needed to be there. And it is a little disappointing that he hasn't taken those strides that at least maybe he's not the best player, but he still doesn't need to go to summer league. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm expecting him to perform well. He really does need to, especially the sense that you get reading the beat writers who I've mentioned this before, but maybe they don't report on it, but sometimes they, they let their opinion kind of tell some of the things that maybe they've been told off the record or, or something of that nature. And all the beat writers seem to say, this is really important from Deboya because he may not be on the team if things don't go well. And I really am buying into the, the reality of that. So this is certainly a, an audition for him. And yeah, I'm disappointed. We're not going to see livers and Stewart. I, the rest of the summer league is very, very lucky that Isaiah Stewart is not able to play <laughs> because he was about to do some very bad things to some of those guys out there. I mean, there's just no – he was going to be way too good for summer league. So, I mm. mean, the Pistons probably didn't need to bring him or Sadiq Bay, but I am very excited to see, obviously, Kate Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes. Yeah, Seku's got to step it up. Like Seku's got to be a key player for them here in summer league. And if he doesn't, like I think there's a legitimate, con- there should be legitimate concern. I mean, this, I get he was a project when he was drafted, but there needs to be like at least signs of growth. No one's saying it has to click all at once for him, but there's got to be some real signs, and, and you got to be able to like see where he has improved upon since we've last seen him. One other thing that I wanted to ask you about was this Troy, or excuse me, uh, Tyler Cook and Davida Servitas. Like this seems like it's setting up for a roster battle, whether it be the last spot on the roster or the second two-way contract with both of them being waived and both of them being on the summer league team. Who are we taking in that battle? Uh that's a that's a difficult question because Tyler Cook definitely looked like more of an NBA player than Servetus did last year. But Servetus is a guy who 
people who are still in this front office invested significant draft capital into people do forget they traded four second rounders for him. Um, so for me, honestly, I think there's a good chance cook looks better, but Servetus comes out of here with a roster spot. And I think the reason for that in my eyes is that they've already invested more in Servetus than they have in cook. Um, also, but on the other hand, it's also like if they waived Davidas Servetus after signing him to a three-year deal last year and then bring him back again this year on another contract, John Hollinger is going to just absolutely lose his mind. Um, like that is another thing where it's like with these contracts sometimes with Troy Weaver and like I love the guy, but he does some goofy, goofy things with his free agency money. Um. So, yeah, for me, I'm going to pick Servetus. I like his size. I like his skill set. And I think that there is something there more so than Tyler Cook, who I think is pretty close to a finished product at this point. Um, The last thing I wanted to ask you, actually, about the Summer League roster is Cade Cunningham, apparently, according to the Detroit Pistons, is not six foot eight. He is six foot six. Does that, do you feel any sort of way about that? Does that concern you or do you just not care and you go, I mean, six, eight, six, six, he's got a seven, one wingspan either way. He's going to be a star either way. They're, they're fudging those numbers. They are absolutely fudging those numbers. All, all the measurements are look off. Like wasn't Tyler Cook listed at six, nine, wasn't, wasn't like Stewart listed at six nine? Wasn't Servitas listed at six nine? Now they're all six eight. Like Killing Hayes was listed at six five always. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're fudging these numbers. There's no way we've we've seen Kate Cunningham. Like that is not a six six dude. That 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 guy is six eight. So was I was going to say he's he's the same height at least as Isaiah Livers, and Livers yeah. is a you know a legit six seven, probably six eight. So yeah, no, it's. They're they're messing. I don't know why they did that. I mean, they, they're giving the old. It's the old. What are you doing? It's the old Kevin Garnett. Like, call me six foot eleven, so I don't have to play center thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's almost what I wonder if it is. They don't want to put him at six foot eight because he's like ah. Then someone's gonna make me play power forward like Dwayne Casey was threatening. <laughs> oh, don't worry. That's already being talked about. So I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing I do want to four. One other thing, I'm going to just say this right now. If Saban Lee and Cade Cunningham or Saban Lee and Killian Hayes are on the floor at the same time, Saban Lee is going to get a monster, monster alley-oop from somebody in Summer League. He just signed that contract. He's got to be feeling good. He missed his opportunities to fully posterize someone last year. I feel it coming, Aaron. (laughs) I think this is when it happens. He got so close multiple times last season. It, it's got to happen, right? He's due. He's due. No doubt about it. Um, one other thing, if there's a guy on this Piston Summer League roster that isn't under contract or wasn't just previously on the team that I think has an outside chance of maybe it's not with the Pistons, but finding his way onto an NBA roster in some way, shape, or form is mm-hmm. Anthony Tark. Out of Coppin State, Coppin State, 
Coppin State. Uh, Jesus, sometimes it is hard to talk. But... <laughs> hey, man, you're you're Copen State right now. Oh, sorry. I, I apologize to the <laughs> listeners for that. But that's a guy that had a really productive couple of seasons there. Uh, was a transfer. Just did everything for them. Like, he was the leading scorer, was up there in rebounds. Just stuffed the statute. I'm, and he was a multi-block, multi-steal type guy per game as well. So that's a guy that, you know, if there are games where the Pistons, like, don't play Sadiq Bay, which I think is very likely – I think like that's a guy that could come in and step up and I, I might impress some people. So I'm excited to see what he does. The other guy is Spencer Littleson. You have to show love to the local guys a Rochester Adams product went to Toledo, led the NCAA in three pointers made. Like that's another guy that he's not maybe the best basketball player, but shooting is so valuable that if he comes in and is showing that he can hit those NBA range threes consistently, like he's going to get onto a roster, even if it's just a two-way deal. That's just how it is in today's league. I don't know necessarily if he'll have the shot to get out there that much, but if 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 it's the same kind of situation as I mentioned with uh, Tark and Bay misses, some, misses a game or two, they'll probably end up doing the same with someone like Killian Hayes and probably Kate Cunningham. So there should be some opportunity for him, and uh, it would not surprise me if he comes out and, and, and earns at least a two-way spot just because he can shoot the ball so well. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm with you on, uh, on, on Tark as well. He, so one of the, the major things that a lot of drafts people will say is an indicator of professional success, especially as a defender, is steal rate. Tark had <laughs> – he averaged – 2.6 steals per game last year, along with two blocks, which is, yes, Coppin State is in the MIAC, which is uh, a mouthful to say, but doesn't have much basketball talent usually. Those are ridiculous defensive numbers at any level of basketball. And even when he was at New Jersey Institute of Technology or UTEP, those steel numbers were, were elevated pretty much the whole time. So I'm with you on that. I would be really interested to see how he plays. If some of that defensive play can carry over into the NBA, I think that he is a guy that, you know, Troy Weaver really, really likes those types of players, athletes that can make plays on both ends of the floor. So I, I am with you on that. I'm also going to be keeping an eye out for him. But I don't know. I do think really that when it comes down to it, that, that 15th roster spot or even maybe one of those two-way spots, I think there is a lot of different things that could happen with it there. And a lot of it could come down to summer league play. Like you said, Sekou Dumboya, if he doesn't play well in summer league, it's very unlikely that he's going to be staying in Detroit for much longer. So dead money. Father Troy Weaver. My question to you would be, uh, you know, you've talked about a couple guys that you're looking forward to. Is there anyone that you're maybe concerned about going into summer league? Of course we talked about Seku, but you know, Killian Hayes struggled at times last year. Luca Garza has a lot of questions about him. Is there anyone coming into this that, you're maybe a little worried for that's you're really looking out for in the sense of, I need this guy to show me something. 
I mean, it's probably got to be Killian Hayes. I'm not of the 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 Pistons Twitter ilk that like is at this guy's throat and and doesn't want him on this team after what he played 30 games. Mm, not uh, the Sada baby sect. No, and and the fact that I I like I know of that, but I don't like never knew he who he was until like. <laughs> there was this issue with him and Killian Hayes like this shows you how little that guy matters even though I don't really listen to rap music in general Mm. but if Sada Baby is listening I just want to say I do not share that opinion uh please do not kill me (laughs) continue well Killian Hayes needs to show some some stuff if he doesn't it's going to get ugly on Twitter it's going to get ugly in my my phone messages because I have people texting me about him consistently so for my personal well-being and his personal professional well-being, hopefully <laughs> he goes out there and performs well. Yeah, I'm I'm personally really interested to see how Luca Garza looks out there because this is a pick that to us did not make sense, to a lot of draft people did not make sense. And really, of course, it's just a second rounder, but could blow up in, in Troy Weaver's face a little bit if he goes out there and is what we kind of suspect he's going to be, which is a guy who can get you 10 points in eight minutes on offense, but will give up about 20 on defense in that same time span. There's so, a, there's a lot coming out about him right now, though. I mean, there seems yeah. to be some hype generating. Supposedly he's lost a lot of weight. They're talking about how his footwork has not been a problem so far. And if that is the case, like devil's advocate, that could end up being a very nice pick. I mean, if he is down 35, 40 pounds, like that is certainly going to help him. So summer league is going to be a great opportunity to see where he's at with no Isaiah Stewart uh, in the mix. So I, I actually am really excited to see what he can do because offensively he really does bring some stuff to the table that is helpful to Detroit. Yeah. There's no question that offensively he, his skills can translate to the NBA. Uh, there's no reason for me to believe that he can't succeed on that end of the floor, kind of like Enos Cantor, for example. But yeah, of course, like you said, it's really that other end of the floor. And I'm interested to see whether all this talk surrounding Luca Garza and his foot speed is just that talk, or if there is something to it. And by losing all that weight, he's really changed his game because look, if he can just, give you like the bare minimum of perimeter defense. If he can give you like what Brooke Lopez does, even on the perimeter, you're going to be really happy with that pick. And that's a steal in the second round because his offensive skill set is so, so refined and so advanced for a player of his size. The Garza Copravica center battle throughout summer league is going to be really fun to watch. And it was probably going to be tough for both of them to get legitimate minutes if Isaiah Stewart was healthy and playing, but I'm very excited that we're going to get to see both those. The Pistons should have a very, very good summer league. It starts on Sunday against Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's get the predictions now. Are the Pistons going to be the 2021 summer league champs? I don't know, man. Uh, The Portland Trailblazers are basically bringing in a roster of like 35 year olds uh they have like kenneth Fareed is on their their summer league roster um 
I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. If they had Isaiah Stewart, my answer would be yes. But I worry about their interior defense. I don't really see the big men there. And like I said, if teams like Portland are bringing in guys nicknamed the Manimal, I'm a little bit worried for that interior of the Pistons summer league roster. So no, my answer is going to be, I don't think they will. I think they will acquit themselves quite well. I think they will win several games. If not, I think they'll win at least three of their games. Um, But I do see some holes in this roster to where I am not confident that they will be able to win it. Just comes down to that Isaiah Stewart ankle injury, unfortunately for me. How about you, Aaron? Give me those Pistons. Love They're it. Starting one, two, and three with the Summer League team. Killian Hayes, Kate Cunningham, Sadiq Bay. They have so many roster guys. Sekou Dumboya, Tyler Cook, and then those second round bigs that we've been talking about. They got Saban Lee coming off the bench. This is a deep team. I'm serious about how much I like Anthony Tark. I think that guy's got some stuff to bring to the table. He's going to look good in summer league because guys take bad shots and try to do too much defensively. He's going to capitalize on that. He's going to pick the ball away. He's going to be, you know, in the passing lanes. This is a team, in my opinion, that's very well equipped. They got so many NBA roster guys and they just have talent. Kate Cunningham and Sadiq Bay. It's got to be the best one, two punch in summer league. I, I just can't think off the top of my head of any other duo that's better than those two going into Las Vegas. So I'm very, very excited to watch them play. The only reason that the Pistons wouldn't win it is if they end up, you know, taking Sadiq Bay and, and, and Cade and Killian and, and resting them and not playing them, which is very possible because that seems to be the case every year with guys that look like they don't belong in summer league. So mm. Give me those Pistons. They broke my heart in summer league years ago when Luke Kennard couldn't get them through the finals. They made it to the championship, and I believe it was the Magic or the Mavs who they lost to. But it's a revenge season. They're going to get the job done. All right. I I just have to say, man, I'm not betting against a a front court of Kenneth Fareed and Michael Beasley. Sorry. I I can't bring myself to do it. But – I certainly hope I'm wrong because if I am, that means that the Pistons guards have played extremely well and that they found a couple diamonds in the rough down low in their rookie big man. So yeah, I also think I will say Tyler Cook could definitely, definitely give them some very good minutes at the four spot as well. Yeah, that's a deep team. So I'm looking forward to it. They are quite, they are quite deep. Yeah, it's, yeah, especially in the backcourt. I mean, Saban Lee, Killian Hayes, Kate Cunningham. That's that's pretty good, man. <laughs> that's a pretty good backcourt yeah. for a summer league roster, uh, especially since all three of those guys are going to be getting significant playing time for Detroit in the regular season this year. At least we hope on the Saban front. We'll see. If they, uh, I don't, I don't, don't get me started here, man. He needs to be getting some playing time. Uh, I can't do another 20 minutes of Corey Joseph a night. I, I, uh, the mind is willing, but the, the body is not able. So I was trying to end the pod on a positive note with the Pistons. 
championship. So I'm going to save face here, wrap it up now before we get any darker, any deeper. That is going to do it for us this week on the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure to follow us on social media at Palace of Pistons on Twitter, Palace of Pistons on Instagram. You can follow, follow our page on Facebook, obviously our website, palaceofpistons.com. Thank you so much to our sponsor, betonline.ag. Make sure to check them out as well. Fulfill all your betting needs. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time after some summer league action here on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.